velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this and McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scored. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug. The rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans. Plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and it's been a long time between drinks, but I am delighted to be joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, how are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Yeah, very good. It's been it's been a minute, hasn't it? We, uh, three, three or so weeks, I think, since... Uh... Since the Tigers win, we had the combination of that Wilbert try and then Matt Banahan on the the podcast, and I think it all it all became a, a bit too much for us. We couldn't top it, so good time for a good time for a little mid season break. I think. Yeah, I think we peaked, didn't we? Maybe listeners were thinking we were never ever going to come back um, because it probably will never get better than having Matt Banahan on the Bath Rugby plug. So we'll try and get close to that tonight on the podcast. If you haven't checked out that interview with Banners, then please do check it out in our feed. Tom, Rory Murray, the head of Bath Medical, released uh, an injury report for Bath. Didn't see you on it, but understand you have um, you've picked up an injury. I've pulled up as yeah, non, a non-rugby injury, definitely. Those days, those days are, are far behind me. But um, yeah, I had had surgery just on my wrist last week, so I've been drugged up to my eyeballs for the last week or so. It would have been even more useless than normal on this podcast. And um, if, yeah, if you think I don't take notes normally, then it's it's uh, it, it's 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 even it's even less for for this week. But I'm I'm here in here in body anyway, and yeah, feeling feeling um feeling a lot better, and we'll we'll be returning to full full training imminently, <laughs> along with along with a lot of other members of the squad, which I was I was pleased to see. Which we will come on to talk about that actual injury report, which they released, Tom, alongside a lot of other stuff on the podcast. The Quinn. Well, they, uh, how did how did you pull up after your return to to, <laughs> to amateur rugby? To not, not well. Full eighty minutes for old Sulians. Not well. Um, yeah, not hamstring, well. Hamstring, hamstring still in pieces. That's <laughs> just about hanging on. I think my lungs almost came up on the pitch on on that Saturday. It was uh, yeah, not playing rugby for about a year coming back to any sort of level is tough so yeah I did turn out for for my old local team old Sulians um tackles was, tackles two numbers I want tackles made and tackles attempted <laughs> probably one made two attempted I'd say but I like to <laughs> like keep a distance from the contact areas <laughs> Um, yeah, but plenty to talk about on this podcast, Tom. The, the agonising defeat at, against Quinns at the Wreck on Friday night, a game which you were at, nearly, nearly so close to emulating the heroics of the Leicester game, but not quite to be. Two other games as well to talk about that, that we've missed. Um, the Barbarians game and the Premiership Rugby defeat against Exeter. Three defeats then, unfortunately, to talk about. And then some positivity off the field with some signing news, a couple of rumours which we're going to have to touch on before we look ahead to Europe. And you're going to explain to the listeners how the qualification for the quarterfinals works, given there's 10 teams in one pool and eight in the other. I'm looking forward to that. Well, you're probably throwing hostile passes when you did turn up for Old Zulians. That's another one right there. <laughs> I, I messaged you about five minutes ago asking, but I'm sure a kind of listener will, 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 will be in touch after to explain. But yeah, we'll, we'll come, on to, come on to Glasgow. We will come on to Glasgow, Tom, but let's touch on Harlequins, the 13-19 defeat on Friday night. A game that you were at. Yeah. How was it? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it's a low bar really for me, but I've been sat on the sofa for much of the last couple of weeks. So it's been the highlight of of the last last week or so. It was it was great, you know, Bath was looking resplendent as ever. The the Christmas market had just just started it up, so everyone kind of went early and um, and was 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 milling around there before the game in 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 blue, black, and white, and it was a complete sellout. 
They the club sold out on the day of the game, so fourteen and a half or so thousand people packed in a good travelling support in the in the temporary stand from from Quinns as well, which made for made for a really great atmosphere. Friday night lights is has has been great actually at the the wreck. And I think, you know, everyone's kind of harkening back to that January win that we had against Quinns when we when we when when Spencer got that that last minute penalty and it it, it did feel like we, you know, we were gonna go Four from four, we we put out a very very strong team, very very strong backline, and yeah, it was a it was a cracking night. Uh, it was just very very disappointing we we couldn't get over the line. But you know, as we'll come on to, I think most people probably left the ground still in fairly high spirits. In high spirits, yeah, I wasn't unable to to get to the wreck or, or even actually watch the game live. Unfortunately, caught up with it over the the weekend, and and knowing the result. I guess maybe kind of frames the way you think about the game, but I thought that whilst we came close at the end, and we'll come on to talk about that and and what kind of went against us and why we were unable to get over the line, I thought that throughout a lot of the game it it wasn't a fantastic performance from Bath, and I thought that you know in particular that first half we really struggled to get any sort of foothold in the game. Uh, and, and Quinns or another side on another night might have kind of put us to bed. Is that harsh? I think uh, I think slightly. So I think in that that first half, we we did start to show some of the kind of sins that we we were guilty of last season in our game. So the set piece was very very shaky. You know, four scrum penalties in that game, and Quinns absolutely dominated us up front which you know that's clearly a, a key area of, of a key battleground for us and our penalty count was much higher you know we gave away eight penalties in total against Leicester in that in that game a few weeks ago 14 this time eight of which were in our own half so I think it I think it was I think we were helped with we you know with 312 down at half time which felt very generous I think we were helped by the fact that Quinns just weren't kicking for goal so they clearly had a, a plan that they were going to kick for the corner every single time and if they'd chosen to take points they probably would have been further ahead that said obviously Orlando Bailey missed a couple of kicks that 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 he probably should have got so you know we had 30% territory 30% possession in that first half we barely had the ball and we were spending a lot of time you know battening down the hatches defending in our in our own half in our own 22 so Quinns did squander some opportunities but I think the the collision dominance and some of the the, the defensive effort, particularly from Miles Reed, who I thought was outstanding in that first half. Mm. I think that that just about kept us in it. But you're right, it could have been more. And I think we were we were fortunate to be in a nine-point deficit at going into the sheds. Yeah, we just had <clears> 30% territory. Kind of That seems like more than, than actually what it felt like on the day. On 31 minutes, we'd had one phase in the 22. They'd had 29 phases inside the opposition 22 in, in our 22. And we conceded, Tom, five penalties at set piece in the first 25 minutes, both scrum and line out. And, and that ill discipline, um, yeah, really, really cost us throughout the night. But but in particular, in that first half an hour, first half of the game, I thought that that we, we weren't, we, we I didn't think we were great, I must admit. No. No, and you know one other thing that I that, that that I think was becoming a bit of a theme in our season is that we start we start poorly and we we're caught cold often. So we conceded in the fifth minute to you know a good line from Alex Dombrant, but ultimately it was soft shoulders and you need to be making making that tackle. And if you look at the recent Premiership games that we've played, and it's you know it's happening too often. So obviously the fifth minute against Quinns Tigers uh, scored. A fourth minute try. Adam Radwan, you might remember, scored in the sixth minute mm. when we were up at Newcastle. Saracen scored in the second minute, and Gloucester, if you can remember back to that, scored in the the tenth minute. So you know these teams are always scoring first. They're scoring early, and they're putting us on the back foot and making us chase the game. And we've been good at chasing the game, but it's clearly not a way you want to start the game. So I don't know whether it's a mindset thing or perhaps the warm up isn't going quite right, and we're not quite being prepared to. To, to to dig our shoulders in early early doors and, and be physical. I'm not sure, but I, yeah, I just think we we um that was the, the the expression you used to get in club rugby would be you're kind of still on the coach and even for home games it feels like that's really that's really been the case. So that that needs addressing. 
certainly does need addressing, Tom. And as you say, 3-12 down at half-time. Whilst we're up against it, could have been closer. Those missed kicks from Bailey were yeah. a little bit concerning. His, his kicking's been up and down this season. He missed a, a crucial, well, it could have been crucial one against the Barbarians as well a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, his kicking has not been as good this season. And Francis is back from injury now. And, and personally, I struggled to see the reasoning behind the selection of Francis ahead of Bailey at the start of the season. But but his kicking is is more accurate and is more effective. And I think even Spencer's kicking would be more effective than, than Bailey's is at times at the moment. It's a little bit concerning. Yeah. We did start that second half time, unlike the first half, on fire. Um, and big Will Butt, my boy, crashing over, dummying and scoring to, to make it 10 10 12 at that time great try lovely and it was it was we were right in front of us actually and he he, he got the ball uh, a few phases earlier ran over the top of of Caden Murley who mm. then took a knee importantly because then wasn't able to get back in the defensive line on that that right wing a couple of phases later Cam Redpath who I thought again wasn't as um as obviously brilliant as he as he has been at times this season but I thought so silky and just quietly went about his business in a very classy, classy way. And he yeah, picked I up the ball. Well, yeah, I, I feel like I didn't really notice him, but I, I, yeah, I felt the moments I did were were classy, which yeah. is kind of what we've come to expect from him. But he actually picked up from the base, and Spencer was in the previous ruck, went through a half break, mm-hmm. and then gave the offload. And then because um, uh, Wilbur had steamrolled Caden Murley, he wasn't there to defend, so it was a simple kind of dummy to go over. So. A great start. I don't know what was in the halftime oranges, but they'd, uh, they 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 clearly worked because we we came out. And then just back to Bailey, you probably wouldn't have picked up on TV, but he came out early after the uh, just before the second half and was practicing some kicks, which obviously you don't see. Him do that. Yeah. Mm. So he came out and he was actually just it was strange. He was he was on the ten meter line and he wasn't kicking at posts because obviously our players coming out. He was just kicking down the touchline trying to kick it straight and strike it. Because those two strikes that he he had in the first half, one he kind of sliced and one he hooked, and you could tell that he was very very nervous. You know, he's twenty one years old; it's easy to to forget. Mm. And Piers Francis came out, and Joe Maddock came out, and they had a little chat with him and said, "Look, just obviously relax." And for that conversion, which was out, you know, in between the fifteen and the the five meter line, he looked very very nervous for it. And so it was, you know, massive smile on his face when that went over. And I think that kind of says you know, a bit about his character, right? It's obviously playing in front of a, a packed crowd, pressure on, he's missed a couple of easy-ish kicks and he comes back out and, and and you know, nails the next one, which is, wasn't, isn't the easiest kick. So, yeah, I think that was, that was a, that was, a, that was a good moment for his confidence. Job for John Callard this week, obviously Bath's new kicking coach this season yeah. to get, to get Bailey right. A Nick David try on 50 minutes, which was a little bit too easy after they had some pressure on our 10 meter line and a Francis Penn made it 13 19, which was ultimately a full time score, but definitely not the end of the action. Tom four or five times. We went into the corner 66 minutes, 70 minutes, 74 minutes. And then twice at the end with Quinns down to 13 men. Obviously we would have needed the conversion, but that was a huge opportunity to, to get a victory. What do you think went wrong at that stage do you think it was kind of one thing that we just kept on getting wrong or was it just a combination of just little errors and good Quinn's defence which meant that something which has been potent for us this season and across the league is so potent in the driving mall we just weren't able to capitalise on it yeah it's quite hard to tell isn't it whether it's it's us getting stuff wrong or or Quinn's particularly with those two hold up tries you know there's such a mass of bodies um you know, are Quinn's collapsing the mall? Have we just got it slightly wrong and, and gone to ground too early? You'd you'd think that we would execute one of those when we scored so many tries in that position. Nylana actually, before the game, has the best strike rate out of anyone in the Premiership mm. try per minute. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it was just poor execution from us, ultimately. I think those two tries where we get holed up, we're clearly in a good position to to carry on and get and, and, and get over the line. And we just, it all gets a bit messy. We get a bit panicked. Quinn's, to their credit, make it awkward for us. But yeah, I think we, we just get the ball down. And we, you know, both times, Quinn's guy managed to get in and get his arm under or the second the second instance where there was kind of a bath body in the way as well. Mm-hmm. And then when the referee obviously rules that it's no try on field, 
when it's such a mess and when it, the, the camera shots weren't great, to be honest, of the try, it's very, very difficult for, for him to overturn that. So I think it was a little bit lacking in accuracy. Um, the only one I would say, so for the for the second yellow card, so it was, was it Jack Kenningham who got the second yellow card down to 13 men? That was a blatant collapsing of the mall from him. And you even hear the referee on the mic say, not a penalty to try because it's not quite close enough. I think if he does that a couple of metres closer to the line, I think potentially the, the referee goes under the sticks, which obviously means we, you know, the conversion would be good as well. So I think that was very, very close. And that was a clear Quinn's, Quinn's collapse. But I think we've only got ourselves to blame, to be honest. Yeah, a couple of errors. Niall Annett throwing one in, not straight. And just, yeah, just look, looked a little bit lacklustre and not very kind of well-organised. And Bath, I think, victims, Tom, of that that new rule with the the held up yeah, being a, a dropout, which I, I like very much though as a rule. I just think on, on Friday night, it cost us where we weren't yeah. able to kind of have another scrum and, and keep that pressure on. We go back to sort of outside the 22 following following the goal line kick. Um, what did you make of the decision at the end, Tom? I know on commentary, I think it was Ben Kay said that perhaps Bath would have gone for a scrum with that last penalty. Quinn's obviously down to 13. We would either been able to push them over the line if they not prioritised the forward pack or or had an easy overlap to score in the backs. What was your feeling on the night and, and what's your feeling about it now? I it didn't occur to me, I, m- I must admit. I think we That's why they paid pay the big bucks. Yeah, exactly. We've been um although I'm available if BT Sport wants to uh, <laughs> uh, uh yeah I think as you said the lineout's been pretty prolific for us I think if you get that right and you get that set up well that should be a bit of a banker as well particularly against you know uh, 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 you know particularly when they've when they've got six in the pack and in the same way at the scrum if they have to then st- uh, put seven in the line out and bring two in from the backs then you should have a, a fairly comfortable overlap anyway so I don't know and I, and I think as well with the way that the scrum had gone yeah. it had been fairly dominant I, I, I would have been I would have been concerned that the narrative in Andrew Brace's mind would have been that Quinn's had dominance and that we would have conceded a penalty. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, with in in you know hindsight's hindsight's twenty twenty, and I do think that when Yanis Yonker and Arthur Caldwell came on with Tom Ellis in the second row, I'm just going to note that point down. Um, I think finally, scrum- Alfred, we got million <laughs> second row injuries, so finally <laughs> Ellis is getting game time. <laughs> And it didn't even work because then Will Spencer came on 10 minutes later and he went to six. But I was pleased to see it briefly. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I Yeah, I, I, I don't I think, press up that. I think with the way the scrum had been going, and as you said, five penalties, I think we conceded there across the night, it would have been a bold call. And if they had gone with the eight in the pack and, and made those subs, it, it may have gone against us, I think. We've gotten so close, right, with the with the line out on on a couple of occasions being held up. You, they just back themselves to to do it again, but it wasn't to be Tom Bath only coming away with the, the losing bonus point but from the game. Bit, yeah, maybe just one other point. We, you know, I think we started that second half well. It felt like we had momentum, and then that Nick David try kind of stops in our tracks a bit. And Quinn's had about ten fifteen minutes when they were in our half again, putting pressure on the line. And there was a big defensive moment from Joe Thock and the Seager mm. where he smashed back Andreas de Hazen. Uh, Miles repelled in. Josh Bayliss came in and got over the top and got got the turnover. And I think that kind of shifted the, the tide back in our favour a little bit. And we really grew into the game in that last that last that last quarter. And on on uh, I think it was the radio commentary they were saying that we've scored the most points out of any team in the league in that last quarter. Mm. You know, so not only is that, you know, all Blacks-esque, but it... it, it talk about about Damien McKenzie in a minute, but, you know, we've got got that sorted. But, yeah, not only does it speak to how much our game management has come on, but I think also fitness. Mm. And how often last season did we fade at the back end of, of games and concede and look off our feet... And one of the things that Van Grand said when he came in was that he wanted to get these guys fit. And I think that's, that's kind of clear evidence that he's done that. So I think that's, uh, 
yeah, that's a that's a tick in that box, I think. Which is they're fitter, they're fitter, aren't they? And they are definitely coming on stronger at the end of games. I do think that stat is padded slightly by some of the games earlier in the season. The one away at London Irish springs to mind, where we kind of had these comebacks when the game was the game was done. So yeah, they're definitely yeah. fitter. But and we and it doesn't help as well that we always concede early on. So yeah, exactly. Like they're always chasing, aren't they? Um, yeah, and, and just on that, I thought actually if we turn to kind of individual performances, I thought Joe Tocken Seager was was absolutely yeah. outstanding on the night. And he's he's having a really good season. And it was maybe his best performance, I thought. That the the confidence is back, and that was shown in that break he made where he kind of goose stepped, burnt Esther Hazen, burnt Josh Bassett, and made 30, 30 of meters on the outside and he's getting more involved, isn't he? Coming off his wing, looking a threat ball in hand and defensively, okay, if he gets, if he gets squared up and, and, and there's a one-on-one runner, he struggles a little bit, but he's, he's, he's physical and, and that was a really big moment and he's, he's in the game much more than he was. And that's just so important. He, he's such a massive weapon for us attack and sometimes in defense. We just need to use him. And I think they're finding ways to do it. And I think also credit to him. I think he's come back from a number of injuries, hasn't he? And he's looking fit, quick, strong. And yeah. it's really, really great to see. Yes, yeah, it's his pace for me that I think has really come on. I mean, that outside break, it looks like he's back to the mm. kind of athleticism and speed that he's, he's, he's had in the past. And I don't think Ollie Lawrence got the ball in the first 50 minutes. I think his stats at that point were zero carries, zero metres. So... Big Joe is going looking for it. I don't think he had the best couple of games against Argentina and Japan for England. I think he's he's, he's probably fallen down the, the pecking order a little bit there, particularly with guys like Anthony Watson coming back. So I think hopefully we'll see him. Hopefully we'll see him much more in, in Bath shirt now. Might be a different coach the next time an England squad gets picked, though. So uh, he'll have, they'll have their own pecking order where where Big Joe might fit in. Well, yeah, I think if it's Steve Borthwick, though, then Anthony Watson might might shoot up even further, but we will... Yeah, wow. Steve Borthwick did have Nemanja Nadeo on his wing for for his title Ooh. season, so I think Joe's a much better player than Nemanja Nadeo. We will see. That's for we will podcast. see. We will see. We will on see. Uh, one, one thing I'm going to ask you, maybe on selection, um, mm. obviously Tom de Glanville being back mm. or from the Barbarians game, he had a good, good game, got man of the match from, from Bath Point View for that. He was fit. He was there. Man he, in the back from a bar uh, point of view. Paul uh, Roger. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for the stream and his, his man of the match. Thanks it was kind of a, it kind of brought him out to that, that what was it the Joe Launchbury man of the match against, was it Australia or Wales in the, in the 15 World Cup, Australia, when he, he got voted and had to accept it after just being knocked out of a home World Cup. Anyway, we, um, I mean, I think the emotions are running quite as high in a friendly game against the Barbarians, but I think, yeah, Tom de Glamour winning any sort of man of the match and the performance that Damien McKenzie put in is pretty um, questionable. But there was well, two. McKenzie won it for them. There was yeah. two. Paul, Paul, yeah. was giving, Paul gave out two bowls. Two bowls, two magnets. If Paul um, wants to give some champagne this way, then, then we welcome it. We can taste it live on, live on air. Uh, <laughs> digressing, what was my... I was going to ask you... I was going to ask you, yeah. He was selected, he was there. He was, I think he was a reserve. He was in kind of tracksuits on, on the day, Tom de Glanville. Obviously, he's been injured. Matt Gallagher's done a great job at fullback. What, were you surprised that Matt Gallagher was preferred? And what would, what would you do? The Gallagher Premiership, mate. It's the Gallagher Premiership. I've got copyright, so you'll be hearing from my lawyers on that. <laughs> yeah. I'll, was I surpri- I'm not surprised, No. I think Van Graan showed a tendency to take the conservative option. And I think he trusts Gallagher. He knows Gallagher. And he's done such a fantastic job. I thought maybe he might shift him to the wing. Um, but but copyright for myself, Big Will Butt, he's having such a fantastic few games that it's difficult to drop him. And, and as we've just spoken about Tocan Asiga, there's real competition for places. And it means that we don't necessarily have to rush to Glanville back, get his fitness right. Um, but yeah, I think... 15's got massive competition and it's not something that we anticipated. What would I do? Yeah. Bloody hell. I'd probably go with Gallagher, you know. Fine, mate. I didn't think I'd say that. Yeah. Quite different players as well. I mean, they're Mm -hmm. both, they're both both solid. They both, 
they both kick well. But I think Gallagher's so solid, so reliable. That left boot that he, he drills it down into the corner is such a useful weapon. I mean, we can't catch and drive our own lineups, but if we could, that would be incredibly potent. He did miss and, touch, didn't he? For and then Thocken, they, they well, obviously the lacked onto it. It was amazing. It was a great, it was a great moment. But I, and I think his, his tackling has been great. And Buff out some stats as well. He's he's towards the top of the league's uh, league tables to try score and you know a couple of other things. He's having a he's having a really good season. And <clears> it's <throat> easy to forget. It's easy to forget. Tom Glanville was your player of the year last season, and you've just you've just <laughs> normally <laughs> out of fifteen. Yeah. So, but 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 you have to you have to win your place back. I don't think anyone can really expect with a couple of exceptions to walk in. And if there's a guy in your position that's, that's doing a great job, you need to, you need to win that back and he will get an opportunity to start the games are too thick and fast not to maybe against Glasgow in Europe. So he'll have to, he'll have to, he'll have to play well, but obviously competition's great. It is great. Tom, anything else you want to add from the game at Quinn's before we move on? Um, I, I, I think um, my overriding emotion is that, I didn't think we really deserved to win it, but then you're still left yeah. really frustrated at the end when you have so many opportunities to do so. Ultimately, though, I, I do think we were probably the second best side on the night. I think we were. I think that's, that's probably fair. It would have felt like a bit of a robbery if we'd got it. But at the same time, I think credit to us for staying in touching distance throughout the game, even when they're on top, particularly in that first half. And I think I left the ground thinking, oh, it's frustrating that we couldn't convert at the end but actually a lot of it was very positive outside of set piece I think defense is vastly improved particularly in in those tight areas fitness is so much better we're looking dangerous and we're looking like we you know we come back into the game well and all in all and I think this was a comment on on Twitter we're looking tough to beat and that that is all we can ask for at, at this point still very early on in in the in the Van Gran era um, and we are a completely different side to you know the side that got hammered by Saracens, Gloucester, Leinster mm. last season, and um, yeah, some very very canny canny uh, signings. I thought Ted Hill again had a cracking game, but also I think he's he's got these guys well coached with a plan, hungry, and um, we're starting to, we're starting to look a bit of a threat to to the top teams. Despite that, Tom, we do have three defeats to talk about on this podcast. Let's tick off the other two in a little bit quicker fashion. Otherwise, we might be here all night. The Barbarians, a 30-31 defeat. We've, we've mentioned it a few times now. Um, uh, last second drop goal from Damien McKenzie to cap one of the most outstanding performances I've seen at the rack in many a year. He was he was. Fantastic. Banahan, great to see him get on, squeezed into a jersey with 10 minutes at oh, the end. That was harsh. <laughs> I thought he did pretty well. <laughs> Would have been- I, thought, I thought I thought I thought he did well. And you know that that yeah, you've got great, great players past and present. Um Mackenzie and Banahan, similar sort of players as well. Both <laughs> both with us a cultured right boot, lovely balanced runners. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, Mackenzie, Mackenzie was 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 just stupidly good, wasn't he? Yeah, and um, I mean, just the time and the poise and the, yeah, the class. I mean, in that drop goal, how he got that away? Yeah, <laughs> and, and they barely trained as well. And he's they're probably there, absolutely hungover or a little bit drunk. And yeah, to play like that, it suits, suits a player like him, right? I mean, his game is so kind of free and, and he runs so nicely with the ball, attacks from everywhere and maybe doesn't have the the game management that New Zealand are looking for when they've got someone like Richard Mwanga at fly half. But yeah, he's a fun, he's he's the perfect barbarian, really. And he was he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and as you say, Tom de Glamble came back and got the, the Bath rugby Paul Roger, man of the match, played well, scored a try, which definitely... Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it, an, ent- an entertaining game, right? 30 31. Slightly strange atmosphere, I felt like. It absolutely hammered it down at mm. the wreck. And yeah, not not really, you know, nothing really on it. But at the same time, I think it would have been really nice to to have won, kept a little bit of that, that run going. Uh, we'd obviously won our previous three Premiership games. Um, 
but ultimately it was a a good spectacle i felt like and um something that the club needed for to kind of help with the financial aspect given the loss of the two the two premiership sides yeah i, I, I don't mean the result maz maz a huge amount um, they were going they, they they felt like it did going for sticks at the end yeah yeah I think, yeah, if you're a professional player, it probably hurts a little bit when you lose to a team that you know hasn't been putting in any training and have basically been, been, been messing around. And, you know, a couple of the, the moves close to the line when they're all in the huddle and then they all run in different directions was, um, it's, 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 it's a fun game. It would have been, yeah, it would have been, would have been nice to, would have been nice to win. But, um, yeah, you can't, you can't begrudge Matt Banahan coming on. And the Sun did come out in that second half for his, for his his return, he put in a couple a couple of nice tackles, and he was he 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 carried he carried um, with willing in the in in the centres as well. So great to see him back out. He got he got he got some some cheer as well. Um, and yeah, we 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 wanted to sneak it at the end, but Damien McKenzie just just a little bit too good. One man who also got a big cheer, Tom, was not Greg James. Well, I think he got a bit of a cheer, but it was the man that Greg James was announcing at half-time, had signed for Bath in... Yeah, it was a slightly odd announcement, I feel like. Um, but great news that Alfie Barbary has confirmed, signed a long-term deal for Bath. The 22-year-old obviously been without a club since Wasps left the league. Um, and yeah, he's someone that I know excites a, a, a lot of Premiership watchers. Yeah, well, for those who haven't seen it, it was it's it's, it's worth watching. I think I'm, I'm a big Greg James fan, and he, he he did a good job. It was it was slightly awkward circumstances. I don't think Alfie was quite prepared or is necessarily the biggest the biggest talker. So he he, he um, he'll fit in well on this podcast. But uh, yeah, I think it, it, <laughs> get him on. Exactly, exactly. Um, but great signing. The worst kept secret. I think I think they were they were obviously wrangling over what the the the, the deal would be, and it's another long term contract that we've we've got him locked in on uh, to go with the, the ones we've already got for Ted Hill and, and Ollie Lawrence. So so brilliant, you know, only twenty two, and he he's made quite a name for himself already. He's been involved in some England squads. He's been prolific. He was prolific for Wasps. A really really one of the best carriers in the league, you'd have to say, and a position where. You know, Yaku Kutsi has just just been so um, had such bad luck with injuries in our in probably our first as probably our first choice number eight. Josh Bayliss has done a, a you know a, you know a, a decent job there, but but we've 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 sorely sorely missed Zach Mercer over the last couple of seasons. I'm I'm gonna gonna get him mentioned, and this goes some way to ease my pain that he'll be returning obviously to to Gloucester because I think it's a a brilliant signing and exactly the sort of player we need in the, the position that we need. So he's an eight, is he? We're sure yeah, he's an eight. Yeah, I think he's, he obviously started out playing a bit of hooker, didn't he? But, and then has played yeah. six as well. But I think for the, for the last season or two, as, as far as I know, he's been mainly, mainly stationed at number eight. Yeah. Yeah. So in the announcement as well, Bath did describe him as the number eight I don't know. Whenever I watched him, I always thought he'd make a great hooker if he could get his lineouts right. But yeah, we definitely don't need a hooker, um, and we could do with a number eight. And I imagine that's probably the position that that he feels is his strongest. Um, so he's maybe come to play number eight. Um, so yeah, absolutely a, a, a good bit of business to to add to the the great stuff that that we've already done. <clears throat> One other defeat to talk about, Tom, and I've got you here penciled in to, to take the lead on this the 25-22 loss to Exeter Chiefs in the Premiership Rugby Cup what was this one like? Pretty dire to be honest it was <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't I didn't go myself I listened to the the, the 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 commentary and it was it sounded like it was absolutely terrible condition <laughs> strong crosswind uh, sideways rain you know, you could barely fill up your car, let alone get in the stands to watch watch the game at, at, at Sandy Park. And with no, uh, I'll, I'll stop. Uh, it was, and when we were we we were in the headwind in the in the in the first half, and I think we we really struggled to exit our our twenty two for much of the game. Um, Tom Carr Smith and George Warboys obviously inexperienced halfbacks, and 
Tom Carl Smith tried to exit twice with the box kick from from down in Coffin Corner, and twice the ball went backwards from where he was. Obviously, putting too much height on it. So, I think it was one of those halves. We we stayed in the game pretty well in that in that first half. I think it was twenty points to ten, and the rain was absolutely hammering it down at the end of, at the end of that half. So ten points, and you felt that with the wind behind us, we'd 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 have a good chance of 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 you know getting back and, and and winning the game but we didn't quite use the conditions as well as Exeter had we didn't pin Chiefs back and and you know uh, just just dominate the territorial battle so we let Chiefs after scoring we let Chiefs cross for another try to take it to 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 25-17 and then just couldn't got got some chances with a got within striking distance and then just couldn't take the take you know get over the line at the end so um yeah, ultimately it was a dead rubber because we're already out of that that competition. So a good opportunity for for young guys to get some some game time. I mean, Johan Van Grand said it would be completely new side, and it was. There were six University of Bath players playing in the in the side. So good for good for those guys to get 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 experience. And then some of the younger guys that we've started to see come through. So Ewan Richards, who's very much a a forgotten man, I think, given given what he did last season. JJ mm. Tonks, Ethan Stadden, who's a back rower that I've, <clears throat> I've I've been impressed with. Wesley White, who Matt Banahan spoke about from 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 Jersey as well. And then guys like Darren Atkins, who you'll be pleased to hear, started on the wing. Gabe Goss, um, and then I, I mentioned Warboys and Carl Smith. So yeah, a, a young side, but 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 couldn't quite use the conditions to our advantage in that second half to to get the win. Yeah, and just another nice side story to add to 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 the the, the game against against Exeter. So Archie Griffin, the young tighthead who came through University of Bath and the the, the academy to the senior squad, made his first team debut. Came on after after fifty nine minutes, and on the back of a challenge set to him by Tom Dunn when he joined the club a little over three years ago, he's been growing his mullet out for all that time, and it's become. Uh, it's putting even Tom, uh, even Dunny to shame. It's become quite a haircut and he, he has now been able to shave that off and is raising money for two charities for the, the little princess trust, which he's also donating his, his hair to, they do, they do wigs for, for young children. Um, and also <laughs> loose head for, which is a, a mental health charity. So he's, he's raising money. We I retweeted the, the the link on our social media profile. So please have a little read of of that story and and donate if you can. A nice story and good for Archie to have made his debut after three and a half years in the in the waiting. So if he'd never made his debut, say injury or just just never 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 cracked it, that mullet's going forever. It would have been down to his ankles, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, congratulations to Archie and yeah, great, great causes, both of them. Um, let's move on, Tom, to the rumour mill, which has been very much spinning over the past couple of weeks that we've had off. The first one broke, I think, uh, sort of, well, I say broke, started to come out a couple of weeks ago, 10 days ago or so. And that was mm-hmm. the rumour that Finn Russell, the Scottish uh, Rassing 92, Mercurial Fly Half, who is out of contract with Rassing. It was reported that he had signed or was close to signing with Mar. What were your thoughts on on that? Yeah, I think it was a report by the Daily Mail, so not always the most credible source, as we know, but they said it was, to quote, and I, and I quote, advanced, staged, uh, advanced stages and very likely that he'd, he'd signed. As the marquee player, obviously having lost who we believe are our marquee players in in Watson and Falatau last season. Yeah, I mean, it was very unexpected and I would say very exciting news when that that came out. I was wishing for it to be true. He's he's a phenomenal player. I mean, you only have to watch the, the Autumn Internationals and how he carried that Scotland team at times with the rugby he was playing. It'd be absolutely brilliant to see him in in blue, black, and white. You know, you think of some of the incredible fly halves that we've had at the wreck over the over the years. Obviously, Butch James being a, a great example for us growing up and 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 supporting the club. So yeah, I think it'd be absolutely fantastic if he if if he came. The rumor does seem to have 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 have, have fizzled out a little bit. Um, it, you know, I think there's some Japanese clubs that are interested in and want and willing to pay him over a million. 
Uh, he's just about to have a, a young child, so he was reluctant to move from Europe. And then I think he's also talking to Racing about potentially potentially staying there if they're not able to get hold of Bowden Barrett, which I think is their their target. So it's seeming increasingly racing. They're not they're not <laughs> messing around there. Yeah. Eight hundred and fifty grand and a white Lamborghini for Finn Russell and then they're, they're getting rid of him and getting getting Bowden in. But it's seeming increasingly unlikely and the club have been have been have been essentially silent on it. We've certainly not heard heard any any public rumblings from from them on 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 that front. Yeah, so, I, mean, I think I think from from my point of view, I'll believe it when I see it. And yeah, it 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 doesn't seem likely that that this is going to happen at this stage. Which I didn't want to kind of dampen the spirits. We you know we thought about maybe doing an emergency podcast, mm. um, talk about the news. But yeah, I, I'm not confident that that this will happen. Um, so that's maybe not what Bath fans kind of want to hear. And maybe we'll make me look like a complete idiot in a couple of weeks' time when, when Finn Russell signs for the blue, black and white. But we've got Orlando Bailey, so... Genuinely, if, it did, if it did, you know, what would your reaction be? Well, genuinely, my first reaction was, I don't want minutes taken off Orlando. Um, and that is my genuine first reaction to it. Uh, and he's a great player, Finn Russell. Fabulous player. One that I've watched and dreamed of in a Bath shirt. And it would be brilliant, but we do have a, a a young, promising fly half that we've invested time in. And you are, <laughs> yeah. I think, I, yeah. It is. I, I don't. I. I think he would firstly be. An inc- I mean, this is all complete speculation. <laughs> but I think he would firstly be an incredible person to learn from and to play alongside. If you were Orlando Bailey, you'd also. You know, he might detract from his minutes, but you know, he's gonna be away with Scotland, etc. The Bailey's still gonna get sufficient sufficient game time, in my opinion. If we sign Finn Russell, the 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 what he would do to that side, what he does to any side, <laughs> I think absolutely incredible. He's a he's a player of that calibre, he's one of the top players in the world. It would be a massive, massive scoop for the club. It would bring huge interest in the club, it would bring fans from from I genuinely think around Europe and around the world who have, have seen him play in club and, and country colours and, and basically want to support him. And I think it would be a massive coup for the league and Premiership rugby as a whole. You know, everyone seems to be leaving and going to France. Sam Simmons, Luke Cohen Dickey announced today as well. Um who else? Joe Marchant. So anyway, I I'm I'm rambling on, but I think it would be it would be phenomenal for the club and the league and all our all our fans and prospective fans. But as you say, um, yeah, it feels feels pretty pretty pie in the sky at the moment, and the the trail seems to have gone a little bit cold uh, from from that initial article a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, from the from the dazzling backs, Tom, to a rumor about a grunting tight head or or fall or prop. Um, the South African Detroit, one of the many Detroits um, that <laughs> that are currently playing professional rugby, the South African. The one that got red carded in the 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 recent autumn internationals game, he's been linked, I believe, with Barton. Tell us what you know about that. Yeah, I wasn't going to give you his first name there. You were struggling enough, mm-hmm. but it's Thomas Thomas <laughs> the Toy. <Tottenham. laughs> uh, uh, a twenty a twenty seven year old tight head for 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 the Sharks, listed as one hundred and thirty four kilos and, and six foot two. So he is he is some specimen. He played two minutes coming off the bench against England before he was he was red carded for a for a high shot. But yeah, he looks a, a very, very impressive specimen. And you know, you the the old Richard Cockrell line, who's your most important position in the in, in the squad and it's your tight head prop. Who's your second? It's the it's the reserve tight head prop. And we can we saw against Quinns what, what how difficult games can be to win if your scrum's going backwards and your tight head prop's the cornerstone of that. So I think it'd be a it'd be a, it'd be a a great signing. He'd obviously be commanding a lot of money. Um, uh, and the other question I think would be, what does it mean for Will Stewart, who is out of contract at the end of this year? There's rumours that Harlequins are, uh, are sniffing around for him with, with Wilco Lowe, their, tight, their first choice tight head departing. So, no, I, I definitely don't want to lose Will Stewart and I really hope that's not what this means. It was reported and I think it could have been the mail as well that it, this deal is already done. So we will see what happens with that. But we'd be gutted to lose lose Will Stewart because he's a player that's obviously come through 
and 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 made his his, his international honours and is now a, a prolific try scorer against New Zealand. So we we don't want to be losing that, that calibre of player. But he's a most a player who appeared on the injury report, which I referenced at the start of the podcast. Tom, eight to ten weeks with a dislocated elbow for Will Stewart. Messed around by England, I feel, at the moment. You know, we, we weren't aware that he was he was fit after his knee injury that he's had. He then appeared on the England bench, and that was the first we knew about it. We also heard that Joe Thokonasiga had an ankle injury following Japan, and he was then selected by uh, 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 after that game, for the, for the Argentina game. So, I mean... If Eddie Jones is going to do one more thing, he can sort out the line of communications between club and country for Bath Bath injuries because that that's been quite confusing <laughs> for fans. I'm sure he'll put it to the top of his agenda, mate. Yeah, exactly. Him and Bruce Craig have always famously famously got on like a house on fire. So, yeah, we will we will uh, what what we've been talking about the injury report the injury report. Sorry, yeah, we'll do. I think frustratingly probably be back just in time for. The Six Nations for England, with or without Eddie Jones, given that eight to ten week timeline. But luckily, it's not season ending. That's kind of a couple of injuries now for Stuart this season that have looked really bad, and and we've got more positive news off the back of that. So, good news for him, of course, and and, and I think good news all round yeah. on that injury report. Frustrating that Quinn Rue picked up, you know, a relatively serious injury in the Barbarians game. But kind of reading through, and I won't bore everybody with all of the, the the details and please do go and check it out on the website but but the main highlight headline for me tom is that we should expect back at some point in december mcconaughey boyce clutter kutsia and underhill all of them forwards apart from about four forwards sorry for really important five really important players and that would massively bolster bolster our ranks Absolutely, yeah. And I, I mean, particularly with Sam Underhill, you know, he had a serious shoulder operation, what feels like fairly recently. Mm. So I, I thought that would be kind of at least six nations. I thought he'd make a he'd make a return just in time to go and play for England. But but he'll be back. That's that's huge. And that adds to to what is a very, very impressive back row unit at the moment. And we'll, we'll add that Jacqueline power that we that we know that he he does so well. The other one's Alfie Barbary. And I know that it's it's. Mm on the injury list that he'll return this season he said on the interview with Greg James that we referenced that he was hoping for late December or January I think he said so hopefully we'll we'll get to see him in in Bath Colours fairly soon but yeah you know we're after some some unlucky and really disappointing injuries both the level and the the, the how serious the injuries were we're starting to get guys at the start of the season we're starting to get guys guys come back and you know Ben Urbano and Charlie Yule's still kind of long-term issues, but other than that, we're starting to starting to get back to, to relatively full strength. Which is exciting, Tom, and it's exciting as we move into the European campaign. The Challenge Cup for Bath this season, obviously after a, a disappointing, to say the least, season last season. We kick off our, our effort uh, on Saturday at one o'clock at the Rec against Glasgow. We play Glasgow home and away. We play Toulon home and away as well. Yeah. Somehow then we get ranked in a pool of 10 alongside pool B, which is a pool of eight. And that goes into quarterfinals, um, which will take place later in the year, Tom. How seriously do you think we should take this and we're going to take this? And how, how, kind of, how much of a threat do you think we can pose in this competition as a whole? It's hard to know. I mean, it's a tournament that we've... we've done pretty well in recent seasons obviously reaching kind of latter stages at a previous attempt I mean if I look at the the table I think we're obviously ranked towards the lower seed of the English the English top. well we're the, we're the lowest presumably we're the lowest seed which is why we've got the hardest games in the no we're top of the table what do you mean well we're the first alphabetically of Paul A right very good <laughs> we are <laughs> Just above, just above Breve and definitely above Zebra for now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at the teams, I mean, Glasgow, Toulon, and then, so there, there are two, and they're probably the top teams, obviously, with us being probably ranked towards the bottom from a qualification point of view, given that we given we finished bottom last season. And then the other teams, Perpignan, Zebra, Breve, Newcastle, Cardiff, Connacht, Bristol. So we've got the tough, toughest games there. So I feel like if we, if we can come through that, we'll be, you know, we'll be 
be in a be in a pretty good position obviously having having knocked out those those sides i don't really have a sense of how we're going to go against glasgow obviously they they have a, a large bulk of their players involved with the the you know the the scotland squad i'm just looking through their their side guys like fraser brown xander fagus and richie richie gray ali price sam johnson um tua Pilotu, who's you know obviously selected above cam redpath in the centers so I don't know how those guys will be, be 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 pulling up, or if those guys will all be available for the game. But obviously, these URC teams do tend to target Europe ahead of their domestic league, so they normally come fair, with fairly strong sides. So I think we we go for it. I think we've we're building some momentum. Obviously, we've we've we're three from three prior to Quinns, and I think there's you know there's guys in good form. I also think the squad depth is pretty impressive. You know, we've we've got guys like De Glanville, guys like Max Ajoma, mm. guys who you mentioned that will be coming back shortly who haven't had a whole load of game time. So I think we can still, whilst rotating, we can still put a put a pretty good, good side out. So yeah, I'd like to see us attack this competition, particularly for the first couple of games while we've still got, you know, a, a good chance of qualification. If then we don't manage to overturn Glasgow and, and Toulon the following week, then maybe we look we look to it as more of a development competition. But I think in the meantime, let's go for it. Full guns blazing. You know, we did we get to the semi-finals a couple of seasons ago? <clears throat> yeah, against Montpellier. And the Glasgow is a side that knocked us out of the competition when we dropped into it last season. If you remember, we went up there and and lost oh, yeah. one of the many games we we lost last season. So yeah, interesting and I think tough, but like we're a better side than we are were last season and I think we can we can put up a fight in this competition and it would be great wouldn't it to to progress and and do something in 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 a competition because it doesn't look like we're going to win the premiership right the Gallagher premiership so at this point that is our only chance of silverware and it would be really nice to to get far and and have some games that towards the end of the season uh, I've got stuff riding on them so yeah I think really big for Bath and and Van Grand's record with Munster was was fantastic in Europe so mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm excited to see how, how they go and and it should be a fantastic weekend of, of rugby all around like with this competition and with the Heineken Champions Cup expanded with the South African teams in it it's really exciting and and, and a, a small matter of a, a football quarterfinal to cap off what will be a brilliant Saturday sport Absolutely. You talking with Scotland just just twigged in my mind that if the Finn Russell rumours were to come true, you'd have a Russell Redpath combination, which would be, uh, be a pretty nice access for us to get our teeth into. Anyway, I will. <laughs> <laughs> would be, and we'll butter thirteen. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm very very nice to get back round the zoom call with you to talk all things blue black and white thank you for joining me thank you listeners for listening um yeah apologies for the, the couple weeks delay but there's been some stuff going on and and, and not a full-time bath game to, to talk about so use it as a little bit of a break but back full guns blazing we'll be back next week to talk all things european rugby and bath rugby in the meantime enjoy all that sport at the weekend and stick behind the boys through thick and thin Thank you.